Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to episode 231 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Today we're going to talk about sex toys with Dr. Megan Stop. We're going to cover history of sex toys. We're going to talk about various types, safety, cleaning, how to incorporate it in your play. And I hope you guys find this content useful. But before I tell you more about our guests, I want to invite those of you that you haven't downloaded our 101 way to spice up your relationship yet to go to the show notes and download it now. As you guys know, I always talk about how we don't want to have leftover sex. We don't want to have the same over rehearsed routine over and over again. And I curated this list of different ways that you can play with your partner and build anticipation and excitement. I try to include all range of behaviors. So regardless of how adventurous you are, there's something in the list for you. I hope you download it and I hope you enjoy it. And let me know if you have any feedback. As I mentioned, our guest is Dr. Megan Stop. Dr. Stop is a sexologist, relationships expert, and body image specialist. With her degree in biology and human sexuality, she's able to combine two of her favorite things, science and sex, into a cohesive platform to impact her audience. She's mindful of inclusion and brings a sensitivity to ethnic diversity rooted in her own complex heritage. She believes that sex should be fun and uses her heart lighthearted, intelligent, and humorous delivery to make it happen. She also just published her book, which is very exciting. We're going to talk about it in the episode. I have a copy and it's amazing. I hope that you guys will get a copy as well. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Megan Stop. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to have Dr. Megan Stop on our show. Megan, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am very excited about this conversation too, because I feel we haven't had enough episodes focusing on sex toys. And th- th- these things are important and they're essentials for some people having wonderful sexual experiences. So I'm, I'm very looking forward to this conversation. One of my favorite topics. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the history behind the sex toys. Are these the new tools? Did we have them throughout the history? Tell us more about that. You know, you may think they have only been around for maybe let's just say 50 years, but actually research has shown like the oldest, like way back in the day, siltstone phallic dildo was found like 28,000 years ago. So even way back then our ancestors were at least using implements that resemble genitalia. So, I mean, they've been around for quite a long time. Obviously, they've changed permutations and designs, but they're not a new thing by any means. Well, that's that's good to know. And tell us about some of the evolution, some of the changes that was made to them throughout the years. 
Yeah. So maybe it's something that was maybe symbolic in the past or used for rituals. That was the main use for those back in the day. But then as things got into the Victorian era, there was a condition called hysteria that only seemed to befall single women, young women, widowed women. And it was just like a catch-all like diagnosis for these maladies of like fainting, irritability, I can't sleep, all these things. And so these women would go to like doctors and say, like, help me with my hysteria. And it was thought to be like this wandering uterus. So ways to relieve the hysteria were to cause a hysterical paroxysm, which we now know is called orgasm. But oddly enough, back then, they didn't think the manipulations the doctors were doing on these women was sexual because women couldn't feel sexual pleasure. So that definitely wasn't sexual when it totally was. So obviously having a doctor do these manipulations was really exhausting to them. So they're like, oh, let's make a machine. So they actually made these machines steam powered and then obviously motor powered to help these women alleviate the hysteria in the wandering uterus. So eventually we learned that that was like, you know, sexual indeed. And so of course people were like, oh no, we can't do that. It's not proper anymore. So it went down as like, okay, no, dirty, can't do that. Then we saw the invent of like at home magazines and getting these health aids, these massages for youth and lose your weight and all these things. But we could also probably use them on our genitals. So people started, you know, using these health aids as sex toys. Then once again, it was like, no, these are sex toys. This is terrible. We can't use those. Then, you know, it's like a ebb and flow. So now current times, sex toys are widely available everywhere and people can access them for all kinds of sexual needs. But it's a weird, silly history, but everyone's been using sex toys for a long time. Well, that's reassuring to hear. And you know, I I, I cannot take uh, like take this image out of my mind. Ever since I heard that people were going to doctors and they were getting a release, that sounds like a porn, like a bad porn <laughs> uh, movie. Is that is that the real thing then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because if it's just think if you thought women couldn't possibly feel sexual pleasure, then you're just like no. I'm doing this treatment. This is, it sounds, it sounds like that. Like this is a medical treatment. It'll cure you. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> but that's what they did back in the day. So obviously we know better. So now we do know that it was just these doctors helping these women have an orgasm. I can now believe that. Can you go, imagine going to your doctor, paying $10 copay? Yeah. <laughs> you're pretty much having sex with this hot, amazing person. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's how it's on. <laughs> right. <laughs> that treatment this month. I, I'm not yeah, you're back a lot. <laughs> you must have a serious condition. <laughs> <laughs> and not going back when they change the doctor, but, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that like now they're more acceptable. And I work with some conservative clients, even clients that are conservative. They, they heard about the versions of it. I know there are, as you said, like widely available. I, I remember I got my first sex toy from Sharper Image. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I, that was very interesting that like, I didn't know they sell it, but apparently they sell it everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These massagers, <laughs> we don't know what you're massaging but it's a massager it's not a sex toy <laughs> well now that we know they are available tell us what are some of the ways that those these tools can improve our relationships yeah um, i'd love to preface this with if you like using sex toys whether you're single or partnered that's 100 okay this isn't to be a replacement of your partner or some kind of lesser form of sex because just because you can't do it air quotes the natural way for many people, using a sex toy is the natural way. So if you've ever been waffling of like, I don't know, I feel in, like inadequate or I shouldn't have to use this. No, permission given. You get to use a sex toy. 
But sex toys can help us. You know, they're machines. They can last longer than our own physical bodies. So they have the longevity to go and go with fresh batteries or a fresh charge. <laughs> so they won't give up on you. And they have different like sensations. So maybe you like a buzzing sensation. Maybe you're into something that's humming. Maybe you love a deep rumbly kind of vibration. And there's toys for everything, every kind of sensation you want on the market. So it's a really kind of like, I don't know, kid in the candy store analogy where you can find something that is exactly what you need and like. I agree with you. And you know, I feel like we have limited limbs, right? Like tongues and hands. And like these can give us opportunity to explore a number of different erogenous zones all together. So as Absolutely. you said, it's not necessarily replacing your partner. It's more about your partner is there for the context and excitement and all of this. And this is just another thing you're adding to take the physical stimulations at time to the next level. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's adding. That's so important. It's like, you're having a hot dog and they're like, but you can't use ketchup. And it's like, but I love ketchup. It makes the hot dog so much better. So like, you know, I might like sex with my partner, but if we had a vibrator, Oh, I like it so much more. Right. And I think at times also it can be boost confidence for couples, right? That they know when we're starting a relationship at times, things can be, there will be a period of adjustment and this can help you to close that gap at, at times. But you're right. And at times people in long-term relationship with amazing sexual experiences can use toys to bring novelty, excitement, kind of like changing the routine. I know here we talk about breaking the boredom a lot, and that can be a good way of breaking the boredom. Yeah. Having that novelty and like trying something new and building those memories with a partner. You know, I, I think sometimes the funniest things and most like memorable things with a partner are when you have like a silly sexual interaction where you're like, remember when we tried to use like those blindfolds and like we fell off the bed? Like, that's funny. You were both exploring something new, trying out some bondage and it didn't work out great for you. That's a fun memory. And you can both say like, we're not into that anymore. But like, you can still have things to explore, even if you've been with your partner for so long and like we've tried everything, you haven't. <laughs> you can always explore and build on your relationship with these new experiences. Well, tell us, uh, what are some of the misunderstandings that you hear that people and couples have around sex toys? Yeah. I mean, first of all, a sex toy is not replacing your partner. So if there's any kind of like worry about inadequacy, try to find out where that's coming from. Like, does your partner feel insecure if you want to have a vibrator? You know, ask them like, where is that coming from? Like, why are you feeling resistance to me using this? And then explaining like, listen, I love having sex with you. I love all sensations. But this, I, you know, need this to have orgasms during penetration. Or I really like adding, you know, vibrating nipple clamps while we're doing other things because it just gives me a whole like host of sensations as opposed to just us, you know, and your body. And I think if you frame it in the sense of like, this brings me pleasure too. If you have a caring, concerned partner, they'll want to like support this. They want you to have really good fulfilling sex. And just sometimes just saying it's not replacing you can alleviate that like, fear or hesitancy to be like, I don't, she just brought the sex toy in the bedroom and suddenly I'm out. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's <laughs> going to be the case, but yeah, just that permission giving and like explaining if you're feeling bad about it, where's that coming from? Absolutely. And you know, what's interesting that I have many patients that they, they never had an orgasm without the vibrator. That's, that's always been part of their sexual dance and that, that can help them to achieve to that place. So it doesn't have anything to do with their partners. So I think also, it can help us to kind of get ready for a number of different sexual experiences. So I think like one of the questions we get is around anal sex. And I see a butt block in your library. 
<laughs> and these are the tools that help people their bodies and their mind to get ready to have all sorts of experiences that they want yeah especially if your partner's done the pre-work of them knowing like hey i like having that feeling of fullness in my butt so if we're using a butt plug and doing other stuff that just helps me feel even more turned on and the partner's probably like oh cool like it has a little gem on the back i love seeing <laughs> little gem in your booty when I'm, you know, having sex with you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I think again, it can kind of be something that you can incorporate just for bringing novelty, like, like props when you were kids, like using different toys to bring kind of different contexts or could be part of your uh, regular routine. You know, one of the interesting things that I hear a lot from people is they, they, like I write for different kind of like magazines, different places. And one of the questions that journalists ask always, is there anything like using too much of your vibrator? Is it addictive? What do you think about that? I don't say no. I mean, that's like someone says, you just keep using it and suddenly you're not gonna be able to feel anything. Listen, I eat ice cream all the time and I can still taste my ice cream. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm so old. It's like, I still enjoy it every time I use it. But if you do find yourself in a place where you are concerned that the sensations are feeling less, you can always step back from using your favorite toy and just let things reset and go back to normal because you can always revisit it. Like just because you burn your tongue once doesn't mean your tongue will never taste again. You know, you can always reset or try a different toy try exploring something else but by no means addictive right that's that's my experience too because i feel like if you are kind of like using your vibrator quote unquote too much that's that's what they talk about it (laughs) maybe then there are other things going on maybe there's a form of this is a form of anxiety management for you and then perhaps you might need some other anxiety management if you if you want to kind of change this as well so it doesn't i don't think there's anything wrong it's not like a cocaine (laughs) that you will get hooked on it (laughs) well tell us i know that like it's my experience that sex toys come in number of different quality material they're not definitely not all created equal so tell us about some of the health consideration that is useful for our listeners to keep in mind when they are kind of starting this journey of choosing a sex toy yeah one of my favorite things is helping people who've never explored sex toys find sex toys so First thing, I want you to think of the kitchen when you're looking at a sex toy. So what do I mean by that? Look at the things that materials or look at the materials that are in kitchens, stainless steel, silicone, glass, ceramic, things that are easily able to be cleaned. So this isn't to say you can't explore jelly or real skin, cyber skin kind of toys, but those will be a little more challenging to clean and make sure you're not passing on bacteria. So just start. I think it's easiest to start with ones that you know are easy to clean. So those materials, look for those and then ask yourself, what am I looking for? Am I looking for an external vibrator? Am I looking for something that does internal? Do I want a dual motor one? Am I going to explore butt stuff like with a butt plug or anal beads? So if you can get clear on what you're looking for, you can kind of help zero in on what toys you should be pursuing. And you don't have to spend a boatload of money. I think that's the biggest misconception is like, oh, I got this vibrator for 250 While those vibrators are on the market, there are a whole host of really awesome value-priced vibrators that are great for entry-level people. I love that. And I love the kind of analogy of chick- uh, chicken, <laughs> kitchen, <laughs> kitchen material, because I think 
cleaning it is important and kind of you want to make sure it's as you mentioned it's it's safe for your body one of my clients was telling me that she had her vibrator out and it got melted and that was just like so shocking for me that oh god what are we putting in our bodies Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so sex toys, because they are deemed novelties, they're not regulated by the FDA. So I mean, dog toys are not sex toys. So you have to be really mindful of the materials and a reputable toy seller should be able to tell you what the material is. Is this like ABS plastic? Is this body safe silicone? Is this a like cyber skin jelly where they have special, you know, cleaning, cleaning, air quotes, <laughs> instructions? You know, and then ask yourself, is this right for me? And so, you know, oftentimes people don't even realize their sex toys are making them sick or giving them an infection. So always be mindful of the material. I try to say don't order off of like weird sites like Wish and you don't know where it's coming from. There's a lot of great reputable sex toy manufacturers available right now that make good sex toys that are good for entry level people. And you're right, because of the range of different things, the, the quality can be different. Because of my show, I get a lot of, I'm so grateful that I get lots of free stuff. <laughs> and some of this stuff die after a couple of times of using. So, you know, it's like, yes, you want something that's affordable, but also you want to make sure it's something that's durable as well. So tell us about, so like the basic of different categories of sex toys. What are some of the categories of sex toys that are out there. Yeah. So there's, we'll start with non-vibrating. So those would be like dildos or butt plugs or anal beads. These are things you can use for internal play. Um, if we're ever talking about butt, we always have two things in mind. Lube is a requirement for butt stuff because your butt doesn't actually lubricate and that can just lead to a whole host of bad things. So always lube for butt stuff. And if we're looking at butt toys, make sure it has a base or is attached to a human body because without a base, without a trace. <laughs> so that means like <laughs> you will get something stuck in your butt. And every December, there's like a roundup of all the things that people get stuck in all of their orifices, butts included from ERs. And there's everything in there. So don't let that be you <laughs> for this next coming year. I don't want to, I don't want to read about you when you're, I don't know, light bulb or something in your butt. So don't do that. <laughs> And then there's a whole category of vibrating toys. So vibrators, external, internal, dual motor. So that's internal vibration, clitoral vibration, vibrating butt plugs, vibrating nipples. There's a whole bunch of different vibrating toys. There's um, air suction toys. So the ones that kind of like puff on uh, your clitoris or your nipples. Um, those are super, super fun. I really recommend people trying those. If they think like, I might like that sensation, try it. I love it. Then there's like bondage toys. So that could be blindfolds or like wrist restraints or ropes and stuff. And then butts, butt toys. So butt plugs, prostate massagers, anal beads. When it comes to anal beads, I don't think they sell them very much anymore, but make sure there's no rope between your anal beads. I can't even believe that was a thing back then, but uh, <laughs> make sure it's one solid piece of material. So it's all plastic or it's all silicone because you're never going to clean out the rope ever in your butt. So don't, just, just don't even go there. <laughs> um, did I skip anything? I think I might you know, I'm anything. also thinking about cock rings. Can you tell us more oh, about yeah, that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, cock rings. So these are great for penis owners. They can help maintain and keep a harder and stronger erection. They can either go around just the base of the penis or they can go around the base of the penis and the testicles too. So there's a lot on the market, especially if you're new to this, I don't recommend stainless steel, wood, any kind of non-flexible material. Like leave that to the pros. So if you're really new to cock rings, make sure it's a really flexible, stretchy. I'm showing people like they can see. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm nodding because I see you. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure it's a stretchy material um, because again, worst case scenario, you have to call the fire department and they have to like blast off or like drill (laughs) to get this like stainless steel cock ring off. You don't want to do that. So make sure you can easily escape 
from your cock ring or any kind of bondage stuff. So make that consideration. But cock rings can also come vibrating. So they can have a little spot for like clitoral stimulation. So that can be really fun to explore with both partner people. And they can also just be for increasing your erections. You know what's interesting with cock rings that I, I've seen some of them, they come with sizes. D- does, is that important for us to choose this ring that's the right size? 100%, especially if it has left give. Penises come in all shapes and sizes. Some are more girthy at the bottom. Some are thinner at the bottom and you know bigger at the top. So having one that's adjustable is really important because not one size fits all. So usually they're like graduating like three sizes. Try them out. See what works best for you. Maybe one just like is a little too tight and it's impacting your erection. Hey, cool. Size up, size down. See how that works. I love that. And tell us more about loose because I'm with you that I, I even tell my female clients that even if you're using vibrator, it can be more exciting if you're adding loops. But similar to sex toys, loops are kind of different material. They're they're like different, they have different content. And again, some of them are not great. So tell us what are some of the toys that you recommend us to use with sex toys? And what are some of the ones that you want us to use when we're with our partner? I guess partner doing it kind of like without the toy. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most classic lubes is a water-based lubricant. It's compatible with all kinds of contraceptives, um, barrier methods, and it's compatible with all kinds of sex toys materials. It's readily accessible anyway. I think you can probably even get it at a gas station. So it's really easy to get your hands on. And it just aids in penetration. It just adds a little bit more slippery surface. And I want people to know that even if you're young, you can still use lube. I think it's a misconception that like, oh, only old people use lube. Everybody uses lube, you know, and just know that how wet you are isn't a reflection of how turned on you are. Like that's got a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes. So don't just think like, why aren't you wet for me? It's like, no, just add some lube. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> then, then there's a hybrid lube. So it's a mix of water-based and silicone. So you get the longevity and like more viscous feeling of silicone mixed with water too. Uh, depending on the material of your sex toy, it may or may not degrade the silicone of your toy. I'm of the camp that if you have pure silicone toy and pure silicone lube, it shouldn't be an issue. But if you've got a blend of something, you might see some like sticky, not so great going on with your toy, but still safe for um, barrier methods and penetrative sex. And then there's straight up silicone lube, which is really great if you're going to be doing any kind of water play. So it's going to uh, last longer in the shower, say, and it's really nice for anal play because because it sticks where you put it and it's more viscous. So like it's got a thicker, smoother feeling. So it can really help facilitate with easier penetration with anal, which we know lube is required for anal sex. (laughs) (laughs) And then for some, you can use oil. This is contentious again right now in the media, at least what I'm seeing. It's like coconut oil is bad for you. It's bad for some. So if you want to test with yourself and see if coconut oil is compatible with your genitals, go ahead and do that. It can be used with condoms, but you have to make sure they are not latex or um, let's go with this. <laughs> Make sure that they are polyurethane or nitrile-based condoms. <laughs> so that's the only compatible ones with oil. If you're using oil-based lube with a latex condom, it can degrade the latex and then you result in a broken condom. So that all around. But you can use it for penetrative sex if you want and it's great for masturbation too. Love that. I love that that you are kind of like giving us all of this range of different options. You know, something that's funny that I was at someone's podcast and I was talking about all of this about like science of sex and brain and stuff. And they were asking their audience about what was the takeaway about each episode. And they say, you know, that doctor like really emphasized loop. (laughs) 
like, talking about a range of things. That's all, that's all you remember. But I think lube is very important. As you said, it can help you to have all sorts of sexual experiences and it can even protect your body of kind of carrying all sorts of challenges. So talk to us about cleaning because I think cleaning is really, really important, especially again, people are using it at for different parts of their body. Sometimes people share toys with their partner. So what are some of the good practices when it comes to cleaning the toy? Yeah, regardless of the material, you should at least give your toy a rinse because you don't want to have any kind of like flaky, dried up, who knows what on your toy because next time you grab it, you're going to be like, oh, yuck, what is this? So at least a rinse, please start there. But then you can use a really mild soap and water and clean it and then air dry it. And that's good. But for the materials that are like silicone, they're glass, stainless steel, um, ceramic, you can actually boil those. So that's going to super make sure it's clean. You can even put them in the dishwasher. (laughs) That's what I heard. Yes. Yeah. Um, But make sure it's not with the like dishwashing (laughs) detergent. You just want that high, hot steam going on to clean the toy. And then a lot of companies make really awesome, just like antibacterial sprays. So spritz your toy, let it air dry, and then you're really good to go, but make sure you're cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. And if you're putting it on a dishwasher, you make sure that you're not unloading the dishwasher in front of your guests. Yeah. (laughs) visiting but you know what's interesting is that we see a rise of cbt cbd oils all come different products are these are they safe as a lubricant so again usually they have a carrier oil that is often at times i find uh coconut oil so again do that testing for yourself it depends how your body reacts to it it's okay for topical use again if your body's okay with it and then you can experiment to see if it's okay for internal use because everyone's body is different so sometimes Sometimes it reacts like totally inert. And sometimes you're like, I have a little bit of irritation. So this is a very try at your own risk. Awesome. Awesome. And what about the UV lights? I, I have some female friends that they are very mindful of germs and they have like a whole system of uh, <laughs> cleaning their toys. Are, are, do you recommend the lights? Yeah. I mean, they have like, I think it's a UV like kind of chest vault where you can actually just store your toys and oftentimes charge them too. And that's a very, very good way to clean the toys because that's how they like sterilize stuff. So plug in your toys, lock it away and you have really, really clean toys for next time. <laughs> well, it says a lot about my friends yeah. <laughs> that they're very <laughs> particular about these things. But I think one thing that's important is for especially women to talk about the toys that they use. They share that information with their other female friends because they feel it can be confusing when you start looking for options out there because again right especially right now we're recording this like like an end of the covid hopefully and we're not going in person so we don't know what to get so recommendation can be useful if you give give us like one recommendation a favorite vibrator and one for couple toy what would you say i want to like make sure people know that yes talk to your friends about sex toys help normalize that conversation because no one else is having that conversation. So be the person, be the catalyst of your friend group and start that conversation. I really love the, the I Please toy mm. from Doc Johnson. It's a little bullet vibrator and it's so powerful. It's really small and compact and discreet. It's not anything huge and confronting, but it still packs a wallop. So I love that toy. And it has a fun little ring. So it just helps with holding it. It's a great starter toy and just, I think, toy to use all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I haven't, I haven't used that one. So I, I'm taking a mental note. What about couple, couple toys? I think those are our trickier, depending yeah. on, of course, what kind of a body part you have. I think that's such a huge category. 
Yeah, I, the Trist from Doc Johnson. It's this multifunctional, kind of looks like a cock ring, can also be a nipple stimulating vibrator. It's just mm. multi-positional. So you can wear it during penetrative sex. You can use it solo. You can use it on nipples. It's very bendable and shapeable to whatever activity you're doing. So for a variety of bodies, whether you're doing penis vagina sex, vulva vulva sex, penis penis sex, it's a really fun, versatile toy to use because it's not just for certain body configurations. Well, thank you for those recommendations. It's ironic that I didn't know much about either of those. You know, it's, oh. <laughs> but it's funny that I make this joke at time with people that I am in the monogamous relationship with my vibrator. I discovered something I liked. <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, like 20 years ago and it's, it's very durable. So that that's what I use, but I, I like to hear about what other people are using because I think like, it's not one size fits all, right? People have Mm -hmm. different bodies. So it's good to have different, different kind of options. Megan, I know that you are about to release your book. I know by the time that this goes live, your book will be launched. So tell us about your book. Yeah, my book is called Playing Without a Partner, A Single's Guide to Sex, Dating, and Happiness. And it's just an amalgamation of both my personal life and professional life come into one cohesive platform to talk about how to live your best single life. I think a lot of times, you know, people walk around with like a scarlet S on their forehead because they're single, almost like second class citizens are like, oh, don't worry, you'll get there. Your partner will come along one day. And it's like, okay, great. But like, what do I do in the meantime? So this book just really helps people, single and partnered, realize the power that's within themselves to, you know, have happiness, to build up all the sexual energy and bring themselves really awesome pleasure without having to seek it out with a partner. This is by no means just like a never be partnered book, but it's just like, how do you live your best life while I'm alone? Because again, you never know what's going to happen in the future. So how do I live my best life right now? Love that. And I can imagine it will help so many people. So I, and I know that you also teach widely, you offer lots of good content. So if people are interested to learn about you, your offering, what are some of the good places that they can go to? Yeah, you can find me at sexologistmegan.com and I'm at sexologistmegan on all the social media channels. Awesome, awesome. The information will be in the show notes, guys, if you didn't get a chance to write it down. And thank you so much for coming in on the show and being so generous with all of these very good actionable recommendations. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a joy. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Same here. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. I loved all the practical tips and tricks that Dr. Stop shared with us. Um, For the longest time, I had my own biases against sex toys. I know in previous episode, I talked about my own challenges with sexual dysfunction and uh, the way that we we made an attempt to fix it, that we went to a, a sex shop and we bought a lot of toys. And in my mind, then I associated uh, sex toys with pain and discomfort and all of that negative thing. Uh, so for the longest time, I was very resistant in incorporating it in uh, partner play. But what I learned when what I teach with clients is that it's just a tool in your toolbox. It can help you to get to the places with creativity, with simulation, that's not even possible. Like we have so many limited limbs and uh, kind of things that you can do in the bedroom. So so if you want to take your sex life to next level, this can be an option. Um, I was just talking about it in my online course with my students. And uh, if if 
you have a toy that you like, I would love it if you can share uh, share that with, with me. You can say, shoot me a, a message in uh, Sexology Podcast handle on Instagram, and uh, I would be happy to share it with other people because I think it's important to talk about what works and uh, it's important to break the stigma around it. Anyhow, if you enjoy our show, please, please consider leaving a review in iTunes and Stitchers for us. It really helps us to rank higher in these charts and it will help us to reach a broader audience. And I will be super grateful for you to you for doing this. All right. I'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.